What is up, guys? Welcome to episode number 119 of Beef's Beef. Here with uh, my bro, BJ. We're back on a Wednesday for all you people that keep complaining about it. Yes, we appreciate the complaints. Yeah, <laughs> we always appreciate the complaints. I actually saw uh, Matt Talley on uh, Friday. Yeah? Yeah, cool story. I'll tell you real quick. Thank you. After the ad, though. We got to do the ad first. Okay. We can't We can't not do that. The so, old setup. It's like a commercial. You know it is, I mean? man. Like you leave come, them hanging right before the commercial. Yeah, I got to come back and see what happens. Boom. But I hope everybody's listening to the commercial because this is important information for you. For sure. Uh, as always, we are sponsored by Crystal Lackey of Century Mortgage, who's a division of Bay Equity, which is a mouthful to say now. Uh if you're looking to refinance or get financing on a or get a refinance your mortgage or get a financing on a house, uh, hit Crystal up at 502-615-0743. And you can always check her out online as well too. We got the new updated website for you. It's going to be still centurymortgage.com and then you backslash crystal-lackey. So Crystal C R Y S T A L dash l-a-c-k-e-y and again 502-615-0743 they are century mortgage is an equal housing lender mls number 76988 crystal mls number 173-5979 boom so friday you know nine o'clock game home game against pittsburgh pretty good time right right off for the weekend me and Parker have season tickets together. Smitty was pretty pumped. He was like, hey, I'm going to get a ticket to go. It's like, all right, cool. Let's all meet up, eat before the game. Yeah, good idea. Especially at a 9 o'clock game. Yeah. So many things around there to eat at. Uh, so I come home. I use the restroom. That's important. It is. It's very important to the story, actually. Mm. I use the restroom. Worries me about where the story is Numero going. dos, for those wondering. So and he graded it. It was about a six out of seven on a Richter scale. <laughs> so <laughs> on the rectum scale is what <laughs> is what you would rate that on. So I'll, I'll take the dog out, take Charlie out. Also, number two did up. He did. Yeah. Uh, came back up here, talked to my dad for a minute, took care of a couple things. Also, number two did up. Yeah. <laughs> and hopped in the truck. Truck is bone dry at this point on E. And I was like, all right, I need to go get gas, which I had known that it was already on E. I planned on getting gas on the way over there. Yeah. So I get in the truck, go around the block, which people that know where I live, I was on the other side of the trees over there. I was going to go to the Kroger gas station on state. Yeah. I get up to there, and I'm like, uh-oh. Wait, I don't have my wallet. Oh, no. I was like, oh, no biggie. I come back in, look around. It's not anywhere in here. I was like, you got to be joking me. Look everywhere in my truck. I have no idea where it's at. I drive back to work, and I'm thinking my whole time, all right, where did I... All right, I only left one time. I left to go get lunch. I went through the drive-thru. I came back, and I remembered that I had gone to the bathroom at one point, and that I did not have my wallet in my pocket at that point. Okay. That was something that I had remembered. So piece into the puzzle right there. Yeah, so I still go back to work. I go to my desk, look and see if it's there. I talk to our buddy, the the janitor. Yeah. And uh, he's like, man, I hope you find it, man. He, like, you could tell he was, like, real worried, too. He's like, I've been there before. It sucks. So 
at this point, I'm talking to Smitty and Parker, letting them know kind of what's going on. Like, hey, I can't find my wallet. I'm freaking out at this point. Right. So I just text Smitty, or I call Smitty. I was like, hey, uh, let me get some cash. I'll cash after you some money just so I can get some gas and then some money for parking, and I'll drop you off at Troll Pub. Yeah. He was like, all right, yeah, that's fine. So I go and pick him up. Shout out Smitty. Spots me 25 bucks and 15 for parking. I shoot him 40 on the cash app. And I drop him off at Troll Pub where he was meeting a couple of people. Yeah. So. Never was, been, by the way. Troll Pub's pretty cool. We'll yeah. have to go there sometime. Uh, so I was like, just for my peace of mind, I'm going to come back home and look for it again. Yeah. So I drop him off at Troll Pub and I'm like, Parker, I'm heading home. I'm going to go check for it one more time. If I find it, I'm literally getting back in the truck and coming right back here because I've already gotten gas. What time frame is it now? So, um,. At this point, it's about 6.30. Okay. So you still got plenty of time. Oh, yeah. You're more concerned about what might have happened. Exactly. So um, I get back here, open up the door, while it's sitting right here on this table. Wow. So what I had done was I knew that I was changing my shirt. Yeah. So I had taken my hoodie off and taken my wallet out of my pocket. And sat it right here and didn't remember doing that. I thought maybe you had set your and, sweatshirt uh, on top of it. And then whenever you picked it up, you didn't even see it. No, so uh, that's two weeks in a row, by the way. I forgot to mute my computer. <laughs> and, what are we uh, going to do, bro? I don't know. I mean, I still got a bunch of times to catch up to you on that. Yeah, at least three. Yeah, so to make that long story short, I sat it right here whenever I went to the restroom and walked right past it. If it was a snake, it would bit me. That's what I thought Parker and <laughs> It's Smitty. I literally walked right past it. Oh. So, yeah, it was a pretty adventurous Friday. Um, but then I ended up meeting up with Tally and uh, Parker, and we watched the pregame show. Um, actually uh, locked us up another guest, which I haven't told you about yet. No, you have not. No. So I'll tell you off, off air, though. Okay. But I did lock in another guest. They Aaron said, Andrews? They said it is for sure. Doris Burke. I got their phone number. Dan- I'm actually, I actually kind of want to tell you a story. Cause Dan Shulman. No, it wasn't Dan Shulman. I don't even know who called our game Friday. I don't remember either. But, uh, yeah, so now you can, if you want to do your intro, man, you can do your intro. I just thought I'd tell you that story. It was pretty interesting. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So we will get to our intro, and while we're on the shout-out topics, we're going to give a shout-out to your buddy John, fellow, what what they call him, Beeflet? I forget, Uh, what was the consensus? A beef baby? Beef baby is what Grant calls everybody, Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll go with Beef Baby. Shout out to Grant as well in this process. But John had a former head coach of his basketball team by the name of Coach Butts, right? Dude was nuts. Well, I don't think he was nuts. He got technical at our place when we beat him. <laughs> yeah. The only technical in Graceland history. I, I've seen a nope. couple of other ones. Two years in a row, <laughs> you all had technicals. Uh, I saw a couple more before that as well, too. I won't get into those, but somebody knows who I'm talking about. With that being said, this first one is going to crack him up because I want to see if John had this situation as well, too. But so summer he comes in, right? And Mm -hmm. I'm not at the school at that point. I'm still at another school in New Albany. But they're all training and, and doing all this. And I come in when they're... It's basically after the first nine weeks of school. And so they're at the end of their weight training assignment, and they had a military individual. I think his name was Raj come in. And so it's brutal. It's like eight-minute wall sits. It's thousands of cathodes. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. So 
I come in and I've been doing plyometrics and different things. And so literally for the first week, I couldn't walk. I mean, it looked like it was not a good situation, right? With that being said, what Coach Butts would do, <laughs> Coach Butts would have us do workouts. And then he would say that we all needed to combine, go to McDonald's and eat french fries he didn't he mentioned this to us yeah and so the thing about that was that the french fries had potassium in them and so the french fries were going to help us from cramping so there was only one individual our buddy zach who he said he was not allowed to eat the french fries <laughs> but everybody else was supposed to go eat a large french fries so it's cracking i've never heard of any coach saying that so the reason why that's relevant to this conversation is because my first fun fact of the week about 119 in this case is about the number 19 which is the atomic number of potassium shows shout out to potassium shout out to mcdonald's fries shout out to former coach of john and i coach butts all right i'm putting you on the spot shout out to coffee crossing as well too who's got the best french fries and fast food and what are you considering fast food? I mean, I need to know legal obligations here because off the top of my head, I'm wanting to go rallies because I'm, I'm, I heard the word fast food and okay. I, I respect that. But like, if you're allowing me to get adventurous with fast food, I mean, I'm still going Penn station or okay. yeah, like that, that. I still consider that fast food. So that was where I was, even going though I went well. there Saturday and yeah. they were slower than, I don't know what. And they gave me the wrong sandwich. Oh, what? Yeah. How did they even give no you idea, sandwich? dude. I was sitting there for thirty minutes before so I got my food. So they call out Brandon and they gave you Johnny's sandwich. Well, they gave me the right fry. Yeah. And you know they give you the cup to get your own drink, but yeah. then I got all the way to Jeremy's and um, I'm like, this is not a chicken parmesan. Uh, what was it? I think it was a cordon bleu. I actually took a picture of it. Maybe you can tell me. But this was the only time that I've ever gotten a sandwich. That was messed up, and I was like, I'm kind of glad they messed that up. That's very surprising. It was very good. I've only ever... I don't. I couldn't tell what that was. It looks like ham. That looks like meatballs to me. Oh, no, that's not meatballs. Let's see if I took another picture. The, I deleted it. The only thing I've ever had at Penn Station is actually a cheesesteak. True story. I've their food it. is very good. Well, I like their cheesesteaks. Yeah. I mean, their, their fries are good as well. Their lemonade is you know, pretty good as well. Yeah. Most of the time I just stick. But so, yeah, I'll, I'll agree. Penn Station is pretty good. Is that your answer? Uh, it's tough for me, man. I like, I just, I'm a, I love French fries. Yeah. I love French fries, man. I eat a fair share. Uh, Actually, I had some last night I made at the house. Rallies, man, when rallies are bad, they're really bad. Yeah, you mentioned you've had some soggy experiences. With yeah, them. but when they're good, they're really good. Yeah. Which is such a cop-out answer. So I'm just going with Old Faithful that are good whether they're crunchy or they're soft, and I'm going with McDonald's. McDonald's. You love that place. I do. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's never something that I've ever shied away from. That's fair. True story. At one point in time, I decided it was a good idea to skip high school at New Albany High School. <laughs> and it was actually when my vehicle was not working. So my mother drove me to school, and in my head, I walked into the school and decided it was a good idea to then walk out of the school. And so how did I spend my day is what you're wondering, I know. You've told me the story. Eating it's so good. all the fast food of the world. I went to Honey Cream Donuts at first, and then I eventually made my way to rallies, and then I eventually made my way to Dairy Queen. So luckily I walked all of that off, but I had to come back and go to practice, right? So I walked back into my last class, and it was Mr. Root, who was it was like a construction class. And he was like, Cato, you're, you're not on the uh, – 
schedule for being here today. And I'm just like, oh, okay, sounds good, Mr. Root. So he just let me sit in the class that he didn't <laughs> And then I went to practice and practice. Yeah. Needless to say, that evening, it didn't go well for me. Yeah. <laughs> and my father was not very happy about that situation. And understandably so. So, yeah. But on to the next one. Hint, hint or excuse me, I keep saying hint. I'm already ready to do Who Am I again. See, you're starting to love it now, man. Oh, I never. It's becoming the best segment on the podcast because I'm getting people texting me and messaging me about it now. Well, we got to give a shout out to Sheldon then because Sheldon is the one who really made that happen because I, I enjoy doing it, but Sheldon really pushed for it. Uh, and not necessarily that segment, but he liked the trivia in general. Yeah. So I took his comment and then created my own version of the trivia. So we'll go to point number two. Fact number two about 19 is that 19 is the name of your favorite artist, Adelaide. Some would call her Adele. Um, 2008 debut album. You would call her Adelaide. Yeah, Adelaide. She's, you know, she's not my type. I'll, I'll be honest. So I'll, I'll leave her for why you. Why is that? I don't think she's attractive. That's why. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just calling out. I see it, man. Adelaide is not that much of a banger. Her music is subpar. Whoa, easy with that, bud. She yeah. has a very good voice. I've found many people like her. That's all I got to say. You know what I mean? So I think she's confused on her lyrics. But the reason why I was named 19 was because she was 19 years old at the time. So creati- creativity level, not off the charts there, Adelaide. You know what I'm saying? Hint, I keep doing it. I'm going to do it all day now that I said it. Point number three. Um, hey 19 is also a song by American jazz rock band Steely Dan on the 1980 album Gaucho. So shout out to Steely Dan. You don't know anything about Steely Dan. I, I know a very good line from Knocked Up about Steely Dan, but anybody that knows that movie will know that line and will appreciate why I just brought it up, but I will not say it on the podcast. Okay, I was going to say, <laughs> is it appropriate for it the podcast? It is definitely not podcast appropriate. Uh, could, yeah, I, I would say no, but I didn't know, I mean, classified as a jazz rock band, that was unique to me. Yes, I think it's how you said that. Yes. Yes, that, that makes sense. Um, point number four, though the maximum score for Cribbage Hand is 29, there's actually no combination of cards that adds up to 19 points. What the heck is Cribbage? Card game. Is that the Harry Potter game? Um, I think that's something different. Maybe they, does Harry Potter play cards? Nah, Harry Potter like flies around on a broom. Quidditch, bro. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, they throw the balls into the circle thingies. Pause, dude. Let's, let's try to keep this PG, bud. Yeah. <laughs> We're not throwing <laughs> balls anywhere, okay? I didn't even catch on at first, but yeah, I think they ride their brooms, which, you know, that's impressive in itself. And then, yeah. But anyways, many cribbage players, therefore, jokingly refer to a zero-point hand as a 19 hand. So there's a little bit of inside lingo for you cribbage players. Point number five, 19 is actually the minimum age that is legal to buy tobacco products in the state of Alabama, Alaska, Utah, and then several counties in New York. So that was surprising to me because, remember, we had some previously that were talking about 18, the things you could do. Well, I guess there are certain states that you can't do that until you're 19. Um, Point number six is also about the age 19, and that's the minimum age at which you can buy alcohol and drink in Canada. And one of my former bosses thoroughly loved the country of Canada due to that fact. (laughs) (laughs) 
but also point number seven is that in golf, the 19th hole is a clubhouse bar or in match play. If there is a tie after 18 holes, they play an extra hole. So the 19th hole is very important to some individuals. Some people like when you do playoff holes. Yeah. Yeah. And then in miniature golf, it's even more important because it's an extra hole, which on the winner, they typically earn an instant prize. So, you know, you got like that hit that into the clown face or whatever, win a free game. You, but usually, though, let's be honest, when you go yeah. to the 18th hole in mini golf, yeah. it's always that hole that goes to some creek and then it rolls down to where all the other balls are. So on occasion, it has been that. Did you know that uh, we actually owned a putt putt course? I like. Yeah, to call wasn't it, it Whoopers? Yeah, well, it was. No, it wasn't Whoopers at all. It was Tumble Station Worlds of Fun, but it was previously known as Whoopers. I loved Whoopers. It was very disrespectful of you to call I, it Whoopers. I did. That's where Whoopers. It was the place that was at Whoopers. Well, that was where me and Mac actually became friends. Yeah, Mac did work there because uh, I took my girlfriend at the time there. And he was like, yo, bro, you play for Portland, right? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you're friends with Sharp, aren't you? And I was like, yep. <laughs> so he gave me uh, a couple free rides on the no, he go-karts. No, he would never do that, dude. Oh, then you probably, he probably worked for you all, didn't he? Yeah, he worked, <laughs> he worked there. Sorry, he Mac, you, I did not mean to. He I, gave you extra minutes on the go-karts. That's what I mean. Right, just let you have a couple extra go-rounds that you and your lady friend. I saw some crazy things happen on that go-kart track. I also, I think I've mentioned this, but I forget how old my little sister was. She was 10 years younger than me, so I think she was five years old. Okay. And she would drive the full-size go-karts out around the parking lot and in the street and stuff. It's pretty impressive. I would put like four of the, you know those back pads for the shorter people? Okay. I would put like two down on the bottom and then stack two up against the back. And then I taught her at a young age how to drive those bad boys. So she was <laughs> ripping and rolling. It's classic. I wish they still had it because Ava and Caleb, my little nephew Caleb, oh, he'd be he'd be causing all kinds of trouble. But on to the next one before we get too far off topic. Um, the British gymnast Ashley Watson actually set a world record last year for leaping 19 feet 3.1 inches between parallel bars. Now, that seems like quite a substantial distance. I'll have to ask Javen if that's impressive. Please do, because, well, it's a world record, so I'm pretty sure he's going to say, yeah, it's impressive. <laughs> I mean, that's usually how world, world records work. But 19 foot, 3.1 inches. I mean, I'm just picturing that in my head. That That's a pretty long distance. And that's got to be a pretty far way down. So, like, if you don't make that, there's a chance you could twist your wrist or... Yeah, that's like probably 19 feet down. Bruise a heel. I mean, substantial injuries to gymnasts at that point. Uh, point number 10, the internet personalities... Now, I'm going to butcher this, but I need to pronounce their name because I'm very impressed by this. But Gunnar Garfors and Oyvind Jupinvigarunen and Pak Taivyung visited 19 countries so this is the important part visited 19 countries in 24 hours and that's a world record for most countries visited in one day so 19 countries in 24 hours it's amazing i I didn't look at the map as to how that played out but now that i'm reading it again i really need to see that map of how that actually happened because I'm still amazed. I mean, countries. These are countries. These mm-hmm. aren't states. Or I don't even know if you could do it with states. 19 states. I mean, technically, you could probably visit two countries in like a matter of minutes. Or even seconds. Yes. If you want yeah. to be technical I mean, there's a border. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there's sure a lot of places that you could do four. 
and then you'd have to do a lot of small countries. I, I don't know exactly where it is, but I'm going to have to look that up now because I'm intrigued by it. Uh, point number 11, fact number 11, the longest nonstop flight in the world is scheduled by Singapore Airlines, and that takes 19 hours to fly from Singapore to Newark, New Jersey. They call this kind of flying ultra long haul or UHL. So think about a 19-hour flight. What so so here's the thing. Do you, You've probably been on flights somewhat today, like not 19 hours, but probably like 14, 15 hours. 12 hours is okay. the longest flight I've been on, yeah. How do you not lose your mind being on an airplane for that long? I uh, don't understand it. The 12-hour the flight that I was on was from... I want to say Chicago O'Hare to Naruto, Japan. Yeah. And literally, I watched maybe four movies in that flight. And we had two meals. And I was sick, actually. And it was terrible. It was like the worst day. My ears were exploding because they were popping so bad. I No joke. I couldn't hear for two days out of my right ear once I eventually ended up getting to China. Because... We were up at such a high altitude, and my ears just never popped. They just stayed like that. That's the worst. Brutal. But, yeah, it was very I, – I couldn't imagine a 19-hour flight. Like, I, those first-class seats or whatever they are, mm -hmm. that would make sense because they're like – I mean, I, I would say a mini cubicle that has a bed in them. So you're, you were sitting in just a regular plane seat. Oh, as regular as regular. Goodness, dude. But this was a crazy thing. It had it was a two tier plane. There was actually two levels on it. It was like Soul Plane. You know what I'm saying? Very similar <laughs> to Soul. No, um, but there was like in one row there was six seats, and then the middle there was six seats, and then the left there was six seats. So there was two walkways separating them. And there it was, had to be like a seven four. Dude, there was a million seats in there. It blew my mind. I was just like, how many? Like we've got to have over. I mean, way over a hundred people in here, way over a hundred. Absolutely. I mean, you got to think one row is eighteen people. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> Maybe I might have overshot that. Maybe it wasn't six. Maybe six was the middle and four were the outsides. But still, that's fourteen people per row. Yeah. Whatever it was, it was a lot of stinking people. It wasn't your average three seat row or four seat row or whatever you're used to sitting on. And I've flown on all different planes. I've flown on the small ones, and then that one was by far the biggest I ever flew on. What's the longest flight you've ever flown? Um, I guess six hours. I guess it was. That's a good amount of time, right there, too. It may it may not even been that long. Vegas, it was Vegas, to, yeah, yeah, nonstop here. Yeah, Vegas is a little under that usually. Usually, I'd say Vegas is four hours and forty five minutes, maybe more, depending on what happens. You know what I mean? I've had some very turbulent flights to Phoenix and Vegas. Coming back from San Diego, I think it was. Trying to remember which flight it was, cause I, here not to like brag, but like for work and everything, and I've gone to different places here recently. I know I was by myself, and I think it was the San Diego trip. Whenever I was coming back from San Diego, cause I, I actually got stuck in San Diego for four hours, I think it was. Oh man! But like I'm sitting there, and the weather outside is beautiful. Yeah, like it's unbelievable outside. And then they're like, "Yeah, there's really high winds in Denver." So I get to Denver, and the winds are a little bit bad, but, like, they open the back door, yeah, and it is freezing cold. Oh. It was, like, 85 degrees in San Diego and beautiful and sunny. I get to Denver, it's nighttime, <laughs> and it's 35 degrees. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. A little change of pace. I get home, and it's warmer here than it was in Denver. Really? 
Yeah. yeah. Denver's altitude is a little bit different than here as well, too. And, I mean, I'm sure nighttime played a key, but it was obviously nighttime here then, too. But um, in Denver. We're, I'm flying back from San Diego, and the flight back from Denver, like, there wasn't very many people joining the flight. Yeah. So you can move wherever you want. So I moved up to, like, the third or fourth row, and I was against the window. I do love that. Have yeah. a whole row to yourself. Yes. It was nice. So, like, I just I put my bag up on the chair yeah. and everything, and... There was maybe like fifteen of us on this flight, twenty at the at the most. So you realize how spread out everybody is on this flight. Oh yeah, you got two old rows by yourself. <laughs> uh, so we're flying back, and you know they dinged us, and they were like, uh, "I didn't hear it because I'm one of those people that like when we get in flight, I'm either a asleep or I'm in the zone, and I have my." headphones going with my movies and then they're like the lady had to tap me and she was like hey you need to put your seatbelt back on and i was like okay and she was like yeah we're about to hit some turbulence no bueno <laughs> no bueno at all like all the trays just like yeah. i felt like i was on the movie hook oh. it, was like, it, was, it got bad i was like man this is this yeah, is some a little of those scary big drops that take your stomach out you <sighs> think you're dying yeah, I remember I've had a couple of flights that legitimately I thought were going down, and I just remember keep thinking in my head like, "You've been here before; it's worked out." And yeah, it just takes once. That's all I can. One of these bad bumps, and we lose an engine, and we're gone. <laughs> we lose we're an all engine. Die. <laughs> you only have one of those, right? Yeah. So yeah, fun fun thing though. Nineteen hours on a flight is not a fun thing. No. But 19 countries in a 24 hours would be pretty cool. So one's good, one's bad. Final one for you, though. Number 12. The moon actually appears in the same exact position in the sky every 19th year. So I thought that was very unique Mm. because I don't know much about the moon. But to only have it happen every 19 years, that seemed a little unique to me. I just would have not expected that. So we'll, we'll go on. Who am I? Start with the first one. We've got two of them. On the first one, I think as well as the second one, I've got eight total hints for you. Okay, so we broke your streak last week, so yeah. we're gonna we're gonna give you some challenging ones as well too. I think this week are are gonna challenge the listeners. I, I think you'll potentially be able to get them. I think the listeners will potentially be able to get them, but you're gonna have to put your thinking cap on for these. Okay, so point number one for who am I? Born in Miami, Florida. A lot of great people were born in Miami. This is one of them. Point number two. He was actually a three-sport athlete in high school. Now, basketball, football, and track were the three sports that he played. Can I interject on this? Yes. Just to ask your opinion on this. So, yeah. Have you seen the studies that have been going around about how many more ACL injuries and stuff there are now? Uh, I've seen some. And they they said a lot of it is attributed to kids nowadays are focusing solely on one sport instead of like when we were kids um, playing multiple sports. Do you think that this is a value or a valid argument, or do you think that? And the reasoning behind that was because when you play the other sports, it works out other it works out other muscles that are maybe not getting worked out with just focusing on one sport. Right. See, that's where I agree. I've seen the actual studies that show um, the benefits of playing multiple sports and yeah. how that can help your athletic career. And then obviously you see some of these guys in the NBA who have only played basketball for five years, four years, six yeah. years, whatever it may be. But as far as the ACL injuries, 
I wonder, to me, that seems a little far stretched. Obviously, they have data that supports it. Yeah. So factual evidence is tough to argue against. But also, I think there's a lot more. I mean, I, there was always people playing sports. Actually, now there might be people playing less sports. Do you think so? Because now we have a lot more, like, video game players, and I feel like we have a lot more artists. But I feel, also feel like there's a lot more people. Right. So that, that counters the... Yeah. that's it's. I mean, it's a very interesting thing. I think we should look it up and maybe have a discussion. Maybe find somebody that we can discuss with on here. Yeah. Get somebody on here to talk about it. Big wig doctor. Yeah, maybe I, I need to call somebody that can get us with a doctor that can talk about it. We've cause... had a couple of buddies who have had ACL and MCL and yeah. LCL surgeries. <laughs> maybe they could refer us. <laughs> yeah. But point number three, he also played high school football. Now, this one's going to be a major hint for you and I think a lot of listeners. But he played high school football with a guy by the name of Teddy Two Gloves Bridgewater. That, that seemed to spark a uh, ding, ding, dinger. So, point number one, born in Miami, three-sport athlete, basketball, football, and track, played high school football with Teddy Bridgewater and was the better player. Uh, point number four, just slide that one in there. He had 11 touchdowns as a freshman in college. That actually broke a 62-year-old school record. And it's not some school you know what i'm saying it's up oh, it's definitely not it's definitely school. not it's definitely not I'm, I'm agreeing with you i'm not thank you especially because there they had a player a few years before that that was somebody you think would have broken that record that is a good point but their offense is also one that you know i could see how that record could be around for a while also his junior year, and this is hint number five, his junior year, and we're talking about college here, he also set multiple school records. Now, those records consisted of receiving yards in a game, 224 yards in a game. That's pretty impressive. That's not the, that's not a record anymore. No. 124 receptions that season, 16 touchdowns in a season, and he also became the school's all-time leader in receptions that year receiving yards and receiving touchdowns so pretty pretty good college resume along with a pretty good high school resume and then furthering on in his career hint number six he was taken with the fourth overall pick in the 2015 draft so another helpful hint hint number seven he's actually played for two teams in his nfl career now so he's on the second team of his NFL career, potentially a third next year, right? Is that, that what I'm hearing? Mm, I mean, maybe. Could could happen. I think his contract is up this year, though, right? Do you know that? I think it is, yeah. I'm hoping that potentially he could be seen in a green, white, or black jersey. Or year. a red, blue, and white jersey. Even though I haven't heard any rumors of either of those two teams being in the mix. But one of those two teams needs receivers worse than the <laughs> other, and both of them are pretty desperate for receivers right yeah. now. Um, final hint, hint number eight. Let's get this out of the way. His resume in the NFL, he's a, or his total resume, he's a three-time Pro Bowler. He's a one-time BCS National Champion, two-time SEC Champion. He's a Heisman Trophy finalist. I actually forgot about that. So did I. That was very impressive to me. Uh, Bolitnikoff winner, um, which is 
to anybody who doesn't know, best receiver in the country in college, yeah. essentially. I mean, that's the dumbed-down version. And then all of those college records that I mentioned previously for a school as well as uh, nationally, he, he has some of those as well, too. So who am I? Hint, hint number eight, one through eight. Born in Miami, three-sport athlete, played with Teddy in football, high school, broke records at a college, uh, fourth pick in the 2015 draft, played for two NFL teams, pretty impressive resume. Can I give a bonus hint? Please. So, listeners that don't already know who this is, if you think back to episode number 105, the guest on that show gave you the answer to this because he played against Teddy and this person in high school. Ah. And he mentioned this person's name as well. That's so, impressive. So, for those of you that don't know that answer. That guest was also from Miami? Yes. Yeah. I thought I remembered hearing that. I just wanted to confirm that information. Yes, he was also from Miami. Very good. So, that was a very good bonus hint. So, for all you listeners... Don't go back to 105 right the second, but do it do it after this episode. And then get the answer correct. And rub it in Beef's face because he already potentially has got this one, but he might not get the second one. So second who am I individual was born in Saint now I'm gonna butcher this. I always like butchering names, right? Saint Croix, US Virgin Islands. Now I'm saying Croix because I'm thinking of like La Croix. LaCroix. LaCroix. <laughs> Talking about the flavored water? Yeah. It's so, LaCroix. <laughs> so maybe it's St. Croix. <laughs> flavored water, sparkling water, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, hint number two, he's listed as 6'5", 210 pounds. I always like those because for some reason when you see these athletes on TV, you're like, ah, oh, no, they're, they're whatever they are. Actually, the guy we just saw earlier was very impressive in stature. That kid playing for Texas A&M. Yeah. Dude, I, I told you – I. J.R. Smith, to me, on TV, does not look as big as what he is when you see him in person. What's he, 6'5"? Yeah, but like when you see him on the court, he looks like he might be 6'2", six, 6'3". Six six right. He's every bit of your height, and he's stocky. Yeah, yeah, he's thick. Yeah, I, like I walked up to him, and I was like, whoa. Yeah. I was not expecting him to be that big. Yeah, he's shorter than me, so you know, don't get twisted. But he's stronger than me, so I guess you know, I, I would trade him. He also is a... a Slightly more athletic than me, so like I guess I think I'm the better shooter, but you know I could be wrong in that as well too. Hey, I bet I bet you would know the score in a game in the finals. You know, unfortunately, there was a uh, blemish in my career once where I played in a um, league game, mm-hmm. and we hit a free throw, which I, I thought that that put us down by one because the scorekeeper had the score incorrect. But upon them adjusting it, I fouled with three seconds to go in the game, and we were actually tied. Pretty devastating. I'll never forget. I still have a very vivid memory of that. Now, luckily, we still won that game, but it was it was not a pretty foul. And there was a lot of people who were very angry at me. Did he miss the free throws? Um, no, he made both of the free throws, and we made a three. Nice. Yeah, so it ended up being lucky. But hey, By the way, whoever's hair that is in the background is terrible. Boucher. No, that is, it, it might not be Boucher. That is so bad. That's interesting taste there, yeah. Um, hit number three before we get too far out of this person because you're you're going to need to focus on this one his wife gave birth to their first child six hours and here's where the hint gets important before game five 
of the first round of the 2007 NBA playoffs. Now, I'm going to give you a bonus hint in there later, okay? Mm-hmm. Hint number three, his wife gave birth to their first child six hours before game five of the first round of the 2007 NBA playoffs. Hint number four, he won an NBA championship with the 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, there's a bonus hint that's going to come in later because that's kind of a trick hint. I'm I'm getting very tricky with this, okay? Hint number five, he was an undrafted 1999 NBA, or excuse me, he went undrafted in the 1999 NBA draft. And he played one year with the Yakima Sun Kings. Hint number six. You're writing down the wrong name. I can already tell you. Hint number six. He played with six NBA teams. Now I definitely feel like I'm right. No, there's no way. What is it? I'm not going to say it. Okay, fine. I'll show you what I wrote, but I'm not going to say it. No. It's not right? No. Okay. This this is a very tricky one, which that one will also be a tricky one. And, you know, I like that player. I don't remember what number he wore as well. I don't either. That's why I wrote his name I down. I think 11, but I could be wrong. But yeah, that's not a bad guess from what you've given me so far. No, I don't think so. I mean, the Virgin Island one, I don't – I guess I, maybe he could be from the Virgin Islands. I don't know how I would know you were from the Virgin Islands as well. Anyways, more of the story going on to the next one. Um well, I just mentioned to you, he's undrafted in the 1999 NBA draft. Hint number six, he played with six NBA teams. Hint number seven, he has one NBA All-First Team Defense Award and one NBA All-Second Team Defense Award. So some would say not a very illustrious award career, but I, I think he was a key role player for many teams. I don't know who this is. Uh-oh. And hint number eight before the final bonus hints, because I actually have three bonus hints for you on this one because I think people would need them at home. Hint number eight, he's most known as a defender and a corner three-point shooter. He played on two very competitive Western Conference teams. Now, the bonus hints, would you like me to give those to you in order? Yeah. So the bonus hint first starts with the hint number three. So remember, his wife gave birth to their first child six hours before game five of the first round of the 2007 NBA playoffs. Well, the bonus hint is that his team went on to beat the Lakers that night. So Western Conference team, already mentioned, 2007 NBA playoffs, his team beat the Lakers. Now, just that night, not in the series, I don't think, but I actually don't remember. Maybe Tony could recall that. With that being said, bonus hint for number four. Remember I mentioned he won an NBA championship with the 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers, and that was a trick hint? The reason why it was a trick hint is because it was not as a player. It was instead as the team's director of player administration. I'm getting tricky with it. that's why I wrote that first name. Yeah, and that's why I also told you you were writing it wrong because I knew that was a trick hint because I'm a tricky type of guy. But see, I knew when you said it was a trick hint that it was something like that. Yeah, that is true. I also did say that as well, and that would make that clear. Now, the additional hint for hint number six, I'll give you those six teams that he played with in no specific order besides my favorite team out on that list being first. Shout out to Matt Talley once again. Sixers, 
Jazz, Mavericks, Suns, Warriors, and Bobcats. Last and final bonus hint for you. He played in that Western Conference with a couple of great teams, remember I mentioned? Well, two of those teams that he played with had players such as Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire. And the other team had players such as Darren Williams and Andre Kirilenko. So if you couldn't... And Carlos Boozer. And Carlos Boozer. I don't give Duke Blue Devils a lot of credit. I actually watched them play IU at Rupp Arena in the Sweet 16. I'm honestly surprised you're not naming his Sixers teammates. Um, There were some that, you know, there's one that would be my favorite, obviously. Yeah. Dikembe Mutombo. <laughs> <laughs> or Allen Iverson. Uh, Aaron McKee, Eric Snow, yep. Bill Ratliff. I just found Tom out the other day that Aaron McKee is a coach now. Yeah, in college, right? Yeah, I think it's at Temple, his alma mater. Yeah, that is correct, actually. Uh, I can And Temple is not a bad team this year either. So watch out. I did figure out who it was with the last hint. They covered the spread for me last night against St. Joe's very heftily. St. Joe's is a very bad team, if I might mention. So if you get a chance to bet against them, go for it. So, more of the story, who am I? Go ahead, fill the people in. All right, so number one, uh, funny story. I actually got a text when you were reading your first, uh, when you were reading your first facts. Yeah. uh, That he actually exceeded his 1,000 yards uh, bet with John and myself. Oh. So, uh, John and I both get to keep our money because we – he bet that Louisville would not make a bowl game right. in the first three years with Satterfield. I bet that Amari Cooper would not get 1,000 yards this season. Correct. And do you want to know what is funny about that? What's that? That's actually his fourth year having 1,000-plus yards. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, because he had two at Oakland, and he had one last year in Dallas, and now this year will be his fourth. Yeah. Um, Pretty impressive. The the second one was very tough. Uh, it took me a little bit to uh, took me a little bit to get this one. Yeah, cool story though. Um, one of Jerry Lee's best friends is a coach of a prep school now, but played professional basketball for a while. Okay, and uh, he actually played against Raja Bell. Really, in one of his leagues, and. Uh, like overseas or something? Yeah, I just said the name of the guy, too. Yeah. But, yeah, Raja Bell is the answer. Raja Bell is correct. That that dude is like – there's a couple of guys in the NBA who were – I mean, we were talking about one earlier, Mikel Petras, that I always have respect for. Bruce Bowen I always liked, but I really didn't respect him much until, like, the end of his career, to be honest, when they were winning that championship. Uh, Mario Eli was another guy with the Rockets and then even the Spurs later on. There's always, like, a couple of people like that who – Rex Chapman was kind of an underrated guy. Um, prior to that, I mean, guys like Craig Elo, who's surprisingly good. I'm not going to lie. I can't. I'm I'm really focused. Did you see what they just yeah, did? Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was pretty dope. I'm sorry. Yeah. To, for the people who are not watching at home and are listening, which is everybody, <laughs> there were, we've got the Toronto Raptors versus the Los Angeles Clippers game on. Obviously, this is Kawhi's first homecoming to Toronto. 
and they were showing his footprints to hit the shot for the championship on the court in lights. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. I, w- I was like, what the heck is going on at first? This is like a four-minute video, too. I mean, yeah. they're really trying to get him back, and the Clippers are like, hey. Uh, he's got to go get his ring. Oh, yeah, I forgot the ring ceremony. Yeah, he's got to go get his ring. And the rest of the team is like, hey. Uh, you." How big do you think his ring is? Bigger than everybody else's. <laughs> Has to be. I There's no way that it would not. Like, Marcus is like, thank you. You helped my career so much. Serge Ibaka's like, you bum. I cooked you dinner and you leave. <laughs> he didn't. He's got a good kick, cooking show. Dude. Is he crying? Kawhi? It looks like he was crying. No, he's laughing. He's like, bro, I get this ring and I'm about to beat y'all tonight. Boy, I don't get much better than that. This is my 95 Chevy Tahoe go hand <laughs> in hand. But, yeah, they, uh, I'm still surprised that Toronto won that championship last year. But yeah, unique circumstance helps that. So, two for two this week. Pretty yes. impressive. Back on the winning streak. But to be fair, I didn't get it until the last bonus hint. And to also be fair, 19 was actually easier than what I expected. You find NFL players, but there wasn't a lot of like elite players that would help people guess them. 19 in basketball, not so easy. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder how many people are going to get that 19 one uh, for basketball. I'm going to say very little. It'll be interesting to me. Uh, I think John will get it. Um, because of the team and the additional hints for sure. I think Tony has a chance of getting it because there's the Tony Lakers is a bum. Well, um, listen, I'm not here to debate that. That's between you and Tony. <laughs> he said, I'm not here to debate that. But while we're on the NBA talk, I wanted to bring up an additional topic as well, right. too. So I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, and there's actually two topics in this conversation. Okay? So the first one is... Somebody mentioned to me last night, my father actually mentioned to me, that he felt like, and we were talking about the Penn State-Maryland game, which did you know Penn State was a two-point favorite going into that game? Yes. Blew my mind. I would have never expected that, even though Maryland was coming off a one-point victory, right? Mm -hmm. So that was kind of surprising to me. But he mentioned to me that he had an opinion that, to me, kind of surprised me. He thinks, and I wanted to see what your opinion is, that in basketball – the home court advantage is more important than any other sport. True In college basketball? Uh, he mainly referenced basketball more than anything. No, that's what I meant. So he said in college basketball it's more important? Well, he didn't say college basketball. Remember, he said college. But I'm just saying I guess that could equate to college basketball. That could encompass all basketball. That could. We didn't specify. But he just felt like the home court advantage in basketball could potentially be more. What is your opinion on that? Disagree. So false is your answer. Yeah, I would say college football is home home field advantages are the biggest things. It, like, could you imagine going and playing in front of the big house? You know what I'll do? I'll say that I disagree with both of you because I think that there is advantages in the home field in NFL that are more important than all that. Because if you think about a team like the Green Bay Packers – and then you think about an offense like, I mean, not this year's New Orleans Saints, but or a previous Atlanta Falcons team, or maybe last year's Rams team, and then they go play in Lambeau Field in the elements. Here, here's where I'll disagree with or you. Or Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas City is a tough one. Look at LSU at nighttime on Saturdays. There yeah. was there was like a 15-year span where they did not lose a Saturday night home game. Yeah, that's impressive. That's to me, home field advantages, 
I would almost put college as a whole over the two bigger, two main sports mm. of basketball and football. It's there's more of an advantage. I see because you see places like Cameron, but like you think of the NBA, there's really not places that are like any places like that in college. Well, I think the addition to that is that as a pro, you've kind of been there, done that type yeah. of deal as well too. So there's something to be said about that as well too. But I, it was a very because I I do see where he's coming from and I do agree with it on a level. But overall, I think, like I said, the elements play into my decision-making. So, fun topic, though, interesting topic. The other conversation I was having with actually a separate individual was about stadiums. And we were talking about that NBA to Lou movement, and we were talking about the potential of Louisville getting an NBA team. Yeah. And their first comment was that the Yum Center was not an NBA stadium. That's an blew me away because I would have never expected it. So what did I do? I dug deep. And who am I? I'm the fact man. You know what I mean? That's factual evidence. Well, I can name at least man. one stadium that's close that it's bigger than. Okay. It's bigger than Banker's Life. Bingo. Because you know why? Because it, are you, I'm, are you, I'm not talking about, I guess, ultimate size it is too, but it holds more than Banker's Life. Right. So fun facts about this because I, I, I wanted to bring these facts to the people because I think this is a common misconception locally yeah. that we need to explain to some people. But guess what? The Yum Center actually seats more people than the Staples Center. Did you know that? The sta- I, I mean, it doesn't surprise me because you think what the Yum Center holds, what, 23 six? 22.90. 22.90, okay. Which is, I mean, it's a lot of people. I, I've actually seen numbers that were higher than that because remember when we were looking on that list, the sellouts in U of L. Yeah. I've seen, but supposedly seating capacity in the Yum Center is twenty two thousand ninety people. Now the Staples Center holds eighteen thousand nine hundred ninety seven people. As you mentioned, Banker's Life holds seventeen thousand nine hundred twenty three, but. The average stadium in the NBA only holds 18,966 seats. And here is why. Most people don't realize this when they're there because most people we know are not sitting. Most of the NBA stuff is suites. Yeah. Like, there's a huge amount of suites in there. Now, the Yum Center True. has two levels of suites. So, it, that, like, that's what it doesn't make sense to me. And also, if you go up top in a banker's, at Banker's Life and you go up top of the Yum Center, nowhere near as steep either. No, probably not. I I say both of them are not very good seats, though. I've honestly uh, said. No, I mean, I sit I sit up there for my season tickets. Yeah, and I would much rather sit up where I sit at for Louisville games than I would at Banker's Life. Really? Because I've sat in the same type of area at Banker's Life. Yeah. Well, the craziest thing about this whole conversation is that the largest stadium in the NBA. Do you know? Do you want to guess? If that? I had to guess. Um, you might be able to guess this one. If I had to guess, I'd, I would say Oklahoma City. <laughs> not not a good answer, to be honest. <laughs> not, I, wouldn't, I wanted to give you credit there, no. Uh, there, there was a pretty good player who played at this place for most of their career. And it's not too far away from us. Is it Memphis? No. <laughs> much, much better player than anybody who's ever played at Memphis. Kind of potentially a GOAT. Oh, the uh, the United Center. United Center is the biggest NBA stadium. It only holds twenty thousand nine hundred seventeen. So it's bigger than every NBA arena that there is. Seating capacity. Seating capacity was yeah. Yeah, which it, it holds three thousand ninety three more seats than 
the Staples Center, which obviously the Staples Center is a center that we see all the time on TV. Yeah. Um, but continuing on, and fun fun fact as well too. Shout out to the Cavs because guess what? The second largest stadium is actually Quicken Loans. I've been there. You've been pretty there. cool arena. Yeah. And the smallest stadium in basketball is in the NBA. Do you want to guess that? I'm guessing it's the Thunder since you're laughing. No, but it is kind of close to that. It's the Smoothie King Center. Do you know who's the Smoothie King Center? Why do I know that name? I've been here. You've been to the Smoothie I, King Center? I have. I was there in 2008. New Orleans. Boom. Yep. So only 16,867 seats. What's the new Orlando one called? Uh, Meritrade. Amway? Amway, maybe? Yeah, I think it's an A. I walked right past Amway. Amway was so nice on the outside. Ouch. Looks pretty cool with the lights, does or the uh, glass, right? Isn't yeah. that the glass front one? Yeah, I like the designs of a lot of them, but they're not, They're I don't know. They're not high seating capacity places. But fun fact, Barclays Center cost over a billion dollars. I remember when they built that. They built it like right before the Yum Center, I feel like. 2012. So it was right after the Yum Center then. But a billion dollars is a lot of money. That's the only NBA stadium that cost over a billion dollars. The average cost per seat, do you want to guess the stadium that is the most expensive? Now these are season tickets, I'm guessing. Okay. Most uh, most expensive per seat for an arena. Well, it's an average seat. So think about it. It takes your most expensive seats, mixes them in with the cheapest, comes out with an average price. I'm going to guess seat. the Lakers or Staples Center. I don't think that would be a bad guess at all. But there's one other place you just watched. maybe MSG. MSG. I was getting ready to say you just watched a game last night. So Madison Square Garden is an average of over sixty three thousand dollars per seat. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> to watch that dumpster fire of a basketball team. You take both of our salaries for the year. We still couldn't <laughs> buy tickets. <laughs> and then the cheapest arena. This is why I chuckled earlier. The cheapest arena is OKC. Chesapeake Energy, which is OKC. Uh, so that, the average cost per seat for the year is still $6,755, which seems like a lot of money, but you got to think that's averaging yeah. the most expensive seats in the arena with the cheap seats as well, too. Uh, but the Staples Center is the only stadium that holds two NBA teams. We mentioned that earlier. Madison Square Garden is currently, this is probably my favorite one that I had, currently the only NBA arena that is not named after a corporate sponsor. I never really even thought about that. Yeah. I always dream of going mass and square garden. Yes. Remember that movie, Rush yeah. Hour? Yes. Classic Jackie Chan reference there. So, yeah, some fun facts. Don't don't think for a second that the Yum Center couldn't be an NBA stadium. Now, the only reason it couldn't be is because if they don't come to an agreement on how that would work, but very well seats enough people to hold an NBA capacity crowd, and that includes you and I in that mix. Yes. And hopefully it will be the cheapest season ticket seats because sixty-seven fifty-five is mucho dinero. <laughs> yes. So speaking on the Yum Center, um, I was there Friday to watch us play Pittsburgh. Right. Um, won the game pretty handily. I think it was 19. But, um, I mean, I won't speak too much on that game. It really wasn't. They came back a little bit, made it interesting for a little bit, but ultimately. Oh, more than interesting. Come on. You're going to undersell it like that? That... I mean, what do you want me to say? I never was really worried. Well, you might not have been, but I was watching that game, and I I think 
Pitt was poised to make a major run. What was there was something that happened too. War got hurt. Well, no, no, no. Maybe that changed the whole momentum. I don't remember. I wish I would have wrote it down. War came back. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, War <laughs> is a, obviously a very important piece of your team. Um, but I don't remember if it was a call or if it was a timeout or if it was a technical or something. I just remember thinking ahead. You know, they when, did call a technical on uh, the bench. Yes, that's exactly what it was. Because the coach, did you? You were there live, so you. Didn't I saw see Capel it. saying something, and he, uh, TV Teddy, pointed past him at the bench. Correct. It was an assistant coach. And he said some choice words. And you oh, know, did you hear? Did they say what the... Well, you could read lips. And there, <laughs> there was some words. In the, I think he might have said that there was an F word B. And I, I don't think that goes well with TV Teddy from what I hear. TV Teddy's a turd. I don't like that guy at all. Hey, he had the North Carolina debacle. So if, if Here's the thing, man. If you're, a, if you're an official and people know your name, you're not doing your job well. Especially Tom Donahue. Tim Donahue. Tim yeah. Donahue. <laughs> well, at least at least he's doing well with you because you don't even know his name. Yeah. I only know his uh, track record. I, I was a big gambling buddy of his. Yeah. He helped me win a lot of money. Um, but I mean, they made it somewhat interesting. But like I said, I, I was not worried. Uh, but Louisville ended up winning about I think it was like nineteen or something. Um, so moves this or keeps this number one for the week. And then uh, we come into our second week of being number one, go into our game against Texas Tech last night, jump out to a 12-5 to lead, and this completely crapped the bed after that. Tough place to be, though. I told you, Texas Tech is coming off of three losses in a row. So, you know, is it Beard or Baird? Beard, right? Chris Beard. Yeah, I just don't want to mispronounce it too bad. Yeah, since you worry about every other thing that you mispronounce on this podcast. Got to make sure I'm pronunciating everything correctly. And uh, <laughs> Chris Chris Beard is a coach I do like, and he's had success at different levels, and uh, the, especially the JUCO level, right? Yeah, high school and everything. He's literally coached like grade school girls and everything. And I remember them talking about it. like he's coached literally everything. It's impressive, but he's a guy I think connects with his players, and so you knew they were going to come out fired up. Now I'll be honest, you all were seven point favorites going into that game. Mm-hmm. I liked you all with those seven points so as that. well too. So it was amazing how far off I was on that. But yeah, you got to give them credit because they Absolutely. played in Madison Square Garden and they came to play. Yeah, I, so my quick slash analytical take on the game synopsis. Yeah, um, you have Wara. Worst game of the season. You have Sutton, who, in my opinion, had his worst game as a Louisville Cardinal. Now, you may look at Sutton's stats and say, he had four points and nine rebounds. He had three assists. How can you really say that? The reason I say that about Sutton, I love Sutton. I think you're a big fan of Sutton, just of what he brings to the team. Yeah, I don't know Sutton how he is in a Tar Heel. Sutton is a because he's from the city of Louisville, big Louisville fan. Mm, but he went to UNC Greensboro, didn't he? Yeah, because that was one of the three Division One offers he had when he came out of high school. So he should have just stayed home and went to Chapel Hill. He did stay home. He went to Louisville. <laughs> so Dwayne Sutton is a guy that you need on your team. He's a glue guy. He's a dog. He's yeah. one of those guys that doesn't care to do anything. Right. Last night was the first time that I've ever felt like Dwayne Sutton didn't give us that. Um, he wasn't on the offensive boards. Uh, 
he he threw one. I'm not again. I'm not singling him out for this one thing. It's just it, you come to expect it from him because he does it all the time. He threw one pass, which you said you didn't get a chance to watch. He threw one pass where he literally just like threw it like this, and it went directly to the other team. Yeah, it was one. It's definitely the softest play I've ever seen him do. And Live ball it, turnovers will kill you too. Yeah, it, it was just no one seemed of sorts except for Enoch and Williams. Williams, I thought, was uh, – that's Malik Williams. Malik Williams was very engaged on both sides of the ball. He hit all of his free throws. He got a couple weak side blo- uh, blocks. He did get cut in front of one on one play, but other than that, I thought he played great. Enoch was an absolute monster in the first half. And then the second half, somehow they, fig- they forgot how to throw an entry pass uh, without throwing it to the other team or throwing it out of bounds. Um but with all of that, Perry zero, or had zero assists, six turnovers. But one thing that I will say for him, go back and look at what Moretti did while Darius Perry was guarding him. Oh. If you go back and look at it, again, I'm not defending what he did on the offensive side because right. he did not play well. You just said six turnovers and he zero assists. He had six assists. turnovers and zero assists. That is not a good game. Right. Moretti had four points the entire time he was guarding him. Eight Ended the game with 18. Yeah. The four points that he got were... Two free throws off of a technical by Chris Mack and two free throws off of a foul late in the game. So who were they on, Kimball or Johnson? Kimball and Johnson. Mm. Now, everyone's saying it's time to put David Johnson in that starting spot. I love David Johnson. I love the potential of David Johnson. David Johnson, to me, still has to work some of the rust off. He very well could be, from what I've seen, a three-year guy. Johnson? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I don't think that's really an outlandish statement I didn't think it was when I said it, no. No. I mean, I wanted to say four, but I'm going to give him that extra year to, because it's like you said, he's, he's coming back from an injury. So yeah. I'd like to see him more in the college level against college talent. We watch him in high school and we watch him dominate. Yes. Multiple games. Uh, could he do that in college? I think there's a chance he could, but we haven't seen it yet. So yeah. I, I need to see some more. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but Texas Tech ends up winning the game. My, my reasoning – one terrible shot selection. I was telling you before we started, uh, we had multiple times where we were making runs, and you shoot shoot the ball on a pull up with a hand in your face on a secondary break, or you shoot it off of a first pass. When you're on a run and you get another stop, it was just they were momentum killers. Right. And then you know you get late shot clock uh, shots hit by guys that don't normally hit them. Like they have a guy. Uh, Chris Clark. I don't know how many times you've watched Texas Tech play this year. Twice. Uh, uh, I watched him play last year as well. This guy sat out last year, I believe. He was a transfer from Virginia Tech. Okay. Chris Clark is his name. Not typically a great three-point shooter. He's one of those guys that can hit it if you leave him open. Late shot clock. He's dribbling the ball. Enoch, hand in his face, hit the three. And it was kind of like a dagger three. Uh, we were on a little bit of a run there. But not only that, you have 19 turnovers. And, I mean, you had 19 turnovers and 17 field goals. Yeah. You're not going to win too many games when you do that. No. So, I mean, am I – did this end the season for me? No. But guess what? It did for a lot of our fans. A lot of our fans are now, oh, I don't know about Chris Mack, blah, blah. blah. Oh, I'm like, goodness. two days ago you were talking about how we were God's gift to college basketball. Yeah. Now we lose one game. If anything, this, this gives this team, okay, we're not perfect. And this definitely gives us something to work on. This Texas Tech team was, what, a top 15 team? Yeah, two weeks ago. Right. 
So they've they've suffered three tough losses in a row, but they've suffered them to reasonable teams. DePaul, and, who's ranked? Uh, well, I didn't see that they are. I don't think they are ranked, are they? DePaul is DePaul is ranked. Yeah, they should be. DePaul is beating a lot of really tough teams, and they don't have many losses at all. But I didn't think they had been ranked yet because when I looked at did new rankings come out when uh, Mondays. I don't think they were ranked then because I just looked at it this week, and I'm sure they're close to being a top 25 team, but I don't think they are currently. But in the future, you'll probably see some more from that DePaul team. Um, I would say, though, I was getting ready to say this earlier, from what I've seen, my my personal assessment of UofL's team this year, I think their weaknesses are threefold. Uh, We mentioned to them previously, I think – uh, rebounding in general will be a weakness for them, and there will be some teams that will be able to beat them on the offensive and defensive class. I think turnovers will be important for them to keep down. I think they can keep those turnovers down, but from what I've seen so far this year, that will determine wins and losses for you all against elite-level teams. And then obviously shot-making. I think shot-making is kind of one of those things that that's why Noor is so important on your team because he can space it. Um, Enoch can hit shots. Williams can hit shots to space it. But the reality is it's a make-or-miss league. You know what I mean? So yeah. you're going to need – so your turnovers and your rebounding. And then heart should always be there. That's why I was very surprised when you said – We, we got out-efforted last night for sure. Yeah, Texas Tech will do that to a lot of teams. So I, I don't think Texas Tech is one of those teams who uh, – I mean, you watched them in the tournament last year, and that was what they were kind of known for. Um, and then Culver kind of handled the offensive end with the uh, guard. What was their guard? Last year? Yeah. Moretti, and they also had that – what was that white guy's name? Yeah, I forget his name. That's why I was going to you. But I can't think of his name. Everybody will know who watched him in the tournament. Mooney, exactly. Matt Mooney. Yeah, Mooney I could see. Mooney is the kid from uh, Notre Dame too. Yeah. So, but more, more of the story, I think you all would be perfectly fine this year. I think one loss doesn't affect now. North Carolina kind of had a couple of tough losses in which combined they didn't score 100 points in both of those losses. So they might be on the opposite end of that spectrum. But we'll see. It's a long season. Baycott needs to get healthy. Luckily, there was a good um, assessment of his injury. I don't think he's going to be out for a lengthy period. Uh, Manly, I haven't heard an update on that as well, too. But as long as, once again, you've got Cole Anthony on the court, you got a chance. Yeah. So keep feeding Garrison Brooks the ball. Brandon Robinson's coming back from an injury. Step your game up. And then play tech. If you'd ever like to hit a shot, I'd be more than happy. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime this year. Last time I saw he was like 3 for 18. That's not bad. Terrible. It's like you in an open gym. Yeah, I didn't shoot 18 shots in open gym in my career. Actually, I did shoot quite a bit this last Sunday. It was more than what I usually do. <laughs> so, um, the bowl games were um, were announced, what was that, Sunday? I think it was Sunday. Could have been. I, I didn't see the announcement of the bowl games, but I did look, obviously, who North Carolina was playing. Uh, before, we start t- before we start talking about it, uh, John, you know, listener that we always talk about is one of, one of our good buddies, uh, brought up something. So any of you guys that are interested, we're going to do a bowl pick them. I think ESPN does one that you can start kind of like the uh, bracket challenge or whatever. So we'll share it after this post or after the, yeah, after we post this episode tonight. Um, and I hate to break this to everybody at home, but I'm going to beat you. <laughs> it and, is, it does seem like a handily with bowl pick it is always somebody 
Not, I'm not saying this about oh, you, but like, that's what you're saying. No, but like it, it normally is somebody that doesn't know what they're doing. Do you want to know why that's true? Because one year I actually won a bull pick'em league for money, and it was a dollar <laughs> pick'em, and I think I won like four hundred dollars. Is that what Stump? Uh, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. I, I get in his thing every year it too. It was classic, so I beat you <laughs> yet again. Yeah. And you didn't have to get a mullet then. You just donated your dollar to me. And I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. I'll probably do it again this year. It is always fun to do that. Yeah. Uh, but what, what bowl did you guys get? The Gasparilla Bowl? I honestly don't know the name. All I know is we played Temple. And Temple is a team who's a team that I think is underrated. But they do have four losses. I think they're eight and four. Might be the Military Bowl. Well, they they were originally scheduled to play Navy. Or I would say scheduled. They're, all these bowls this year have changed. Well, see, here's what happened. So, yeah. Louisville is playing in the Music City Bowl. They were they were supposed to be playing against Tennessee. What had happened was? So, what happened was Tennessee had a better record and beat Kentucky head-to-head. <laughs> so, Tennessee, being Tennessee, says, Yeah, you know how we said we wanted to play in the Music City Bowl? Yeah. Well, now we want to play in the Gator Bowl. Mm. So, they... I can't remember exactly what they called it, but they said, no, we're, we want to play in the Gator Bowl. So they did. They power moved them. They power moved Kentucky out of the Gator Bowl, which, to be 100% honest with you, I think if they would have stayed in the Music City Bowl, it would have been better matchups TV-wise if you would have left it the way that it was. So Kentucky was slated to play IU in the Gator Bowl. Which would have been fun. Yes, and Louisville was slated to play Tennessee, which also would have been fun. Your fans are going to travel. You're going from Knoxville to Nashville. Right. You're going to tell me that and your Louisville fans are going to Nashville. Yeah. And Louisville, that place would have been rocking. Oh, I, I don't think there would have been an empty seat. Yeah, and now you're going to the Gator Bowl to play an Indiana team. I, I don't know. And then it moves to Kentucky to the Belk Bowl in Charlotte to play Virginia Tech. And you all play who? Uh, we play Mississippi State in the Music City Bowl, so I will be there. Former quarterback for Penn State. Actually, I don't know if he's healthy or not. But I don't, I honestly haven't looked into Mississippi State that much. I watched them play a little bit against Kentucky. Right. Uh, but outside of that, I haven't really looked into Mississippi State that much to see what they do. Uh, that's something I'll probably spend doing this week because I feel like we'll go more in-depth uh, with it next week. But yeah. – um, Telling you the key is if he's healthy, he he's a good quarterback. I would have liked to have seen him lead Penn State this year and see what he could have done, because he's kind of a dual threat guy. And uh, even with oh, I just lost his name. Oh, um, oh, I should never forget what was their quarterback's last year name for Mississippi State. No, for Penn State. Uh, oh, I can see his name now. Yep. The white guy. It starts with an M or something. Chase McSorley. McSorley. Because he was McSore with that knee injury that he <laughs> kept playing with. Um, you guys play him. Temple in the Military Bowl. Right. So I knew it was Temple, but I didn't know it was the Military Bowl. But Temple's going to get a schlacking. You guys are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Louisville are, Louisville's three-and-a-half-point dogs. Hmm. Now, uh, like, we'll get, we'll get more in-depth. i Mississippi State covers. We'll get more uh, in-depth with the bowl games next week. But I do like... Most of the New York Six Bowls. Yeah. Uh, there's one of them I think is going to be a blowout. Penn State. I think that Penn State game is going to be a good one. Yeah. I, Penn State and Memphis. I think it's going to be a fun offensive game to watch. I think it could be. But um, I'll, I'll actually be going to the Music City Bowl. I may 
hit up Ray and see about maybe coming down Sunday and staying with him on Sunday and chilling with him and because there's a concert that's supposed to, that is supposed to happen that I get free tickets to for pre-ordering my tickets. I don't know who it is. They haven't said who it is, but it's in Bridgestone Arena. So. It's got to be country. Yeah. If it's that, I may just give the tickets to Parker. Sell them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you said something about uh, wanting to talk about the UFC fight this weekend. Yeah. I think, first and foremost, there was a couple of good ones this last weekend that were surprisingly good. Like, it was one of those spoiler cards where there was so many finishes and there was a lot of good matchups. But this week you've got, man, it, there's been some good cards this year, but I think it might be on paper. Now, this is what scares me. Always the ones that are on paper end up not being. But on paper, it might be the biggest fight card of the year. So you've got three championship fights taking place. You've got Kamaru Usman versus Colby Covington. That's what I call the – remember the Attitude Era in wrestling? Yeah, but I was more of a New World Order guy myself. Yeah, they're actually getting inducted in Hall of Fame. That's why you said that, wasn't it? No, because no. Sting was my favorite wrestler. And when they had the Wolfpack. Sting was against NWO or But he had the NWO Wolfpack. Right. But I'm saying initially Hogan left Sting to join the NWO, and that was... They that. were No, they were already enemies. Yeah. And when he joined the NWO, I still remember, man, Sting came down from the rafters. Yeah. And he pulled that shirt off. And changed and his had face the, paint. Yeah, he had the no. He was still white and black at that point. Oh yeah. He had the NWO shirt on, and Hogan like gave him, dapped him up. And but you thought he, they were gonna fight. And then he beat him up. Yeah. That was awesome, dude. Classic move. Also a power move. Shout out to NWO. So yeah, you've got the Attitude Era fight with Covington and Usman, which honestly I'm very intrigued by that. Probably gonna take Usman in that fight. Um, you've got. One of my favorite fighters of all time, Max Holloway versus Alexander Volkanovsky. You say Max Hideaway? Yep, Max Hideaway. Classic spot right there. <laughs> Although, best place to get shot at around New Albany. Just go and check out Max Hideaway. But Max Holloway, I think, actually has a very tough matchup on his hands because I think Volkanovsky is a great wrestler, but he also has some pretty good stand-up. This guy actually was formerly 211 pounds, played professional rugby, I think. Nice. And he's fighting at the 145 weight limit. So think about it. If you were 211 jacked and now you're fighting at 145, you got to be pretty daggone strong. Um, Amanda Nunez, potentially the women's GOAT for MMA, is fighting Jermaine Durandamy, who's a former 145-pound champion. She's also the girl who, you know, this is not in my words, this is in UFC words, left the belt behind because she didn't want to fight Cyborg. So that's kind of something that you don't typically see from people. Um, you also have Marlon Marais versus Jose Aldo. That's one of my favorite. You got a guy, Uriah Faber, who's a crowd favorite, 40-year-old Uriah Faber, fighting Petrion. Um, highlight matchup for me is Gary Neal versus Mike Platinum Perry. I've never seen a Mike Platinum Perry fight that I didn't enjoy. And then also a highlight matchup for me, for you true fans, you've got Brandon Moreno versus Kai Kara France. You fire kid, I think is what they call him. The fire kid? Yeah. Questionable nickname. Yeah, terrible. But a lot, lot of fun matchups. So more of the story, if you get a chance, you need to watch it this week. Um, also, if you more specifically have a chance to send me that leak, Oh, yeah, I can get on that. Yeah. Either that or you can come over and watch it on the TV. 
I am paying well. Uh, I can pull up the link on the TV. Good move. Because <laughs> this is a smart TV. I need that link. What was that? Not a, not a travel. <laughs> That's the worst ball handling I think I might have ever seen any guy foul call from that. That was terrible. That's your boy, though, dude. That is. That's what I'm saying. Not a travel. He got fouled, for sure. I never thought it was a travel. I thought it was a carry. <laughs> that was bad. Lou Williams. Look at this. What, whoa, whoa, what whoa, is whoa, the, whoa. What is that? Oh, no, his hand's never under it. That, yeah. It, well, well, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't see the foul, though. That's what I will say. Um. Oh, don't help me now. Sorry. I, they said something about Zion making an appearance on the road game. Uh, yeah, on the bench. Yeah, but they said rare. They say he doesn't normally travel. Right. So I'm guessing, I'm wondering if that means he's getting close to coming back, even though they said, was it yesterday, oh, that pass. he's not going to play until probably 2020? Really? Well, I, I mean, which is that. just, that's only two weeks away. Oh, yeah. Three I don't know. Away. I thought you were saying the 2020, 2021 season. No, that's they said he's ball. not going to play until 2020. That makes sense to me. But if, if it was not until next year, holy smokes. Yeah. So I guess that moves us on to our power moves. How many power moves you got? What about lock? We never did lock. Are we doing lock? Oh, we first? skipped lock a week, didn't we? Yeah. Well, I, I got mean, I covered well, my I don't lock of the week we last week. Skipped it. Ooh. Oh, you covered your measly one lock of the week last week. Okay. Well, yeah. I'll give my measly one lock this week because I'll be at the game. Well, please do it. Uh, I'm taking the Pats minus nine and a half. Okay. Over the Bengals. Really? Yeah. Really, bro. That's what we're gonna do. You're taking your own favorite team. I didn't well, think that I was mean, allowed. I'm, yeah. Right, if anything, that jinx is your favorite team. Norman. I did remember when I took them winning over the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> poor, poor decision. So you know what I'm saying. But you know, somebody went three for three last week on nice. their lock week. I don't know if you recall this. And the funniest thing about it was one of them was the Baltimore game, right? Which was a six point spread, ended up being a seven point game. The other one was oh, what was the other one? Um, Oh, I forget it off the top of my head. Uh, Browns, yeah. Browns versus the Bengals. Seven and a half point spread ended up being eight point game. <laughs> and the final one was the Titans over the Raiders. Two and a half point spread? Blowout. Blow yeah, <laughs> and they blew them out. 21 point game. So the closest spread out of all of them ended up being the biggest winner for me. But shout out to those teams for the trifecta parlay is what we're going to call that. So I'm going to keep the ball rolling this week. And the funniest thing is you can confirm with seeing my paperwork. The first lock of the week on my list is the Patriots. Nine and a half point favorites <laughs> over the Bengals. Terrible pick on my part. So we'll just throw that one out, right? You can you can keep that one. So whenever it's wrong, you know, I still cover. I also am taking the Rockets as 11 and a half point favorites over the Cavs. I don't know if you've seen this recently, but the Cavs have kind of been getting blowed out, bro. Yeah, and now they're talking about listening to trade talks for Kevin Love? No, they're not talking about it. They are listening, and one of the guys that I saw was potentially being traded for him was Boban Marjanovic, and I say, Bobo! Do it. Bobo! You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking he wants to go to Portland. Give us Melo. Let's let Melo come to Cleveland. Let's give him 60 shots a game. Wait, you want Melo? Yeah, uh, you know what? Like we're at this always, point, you'll take whatever. We're screwed. Let let's let me have some <laughs> entertainment. Give me some mellow sixty shots a game, and let's let him and Colin Sexton just go to town. And Tristan Thompson, go get that offensive rebound because there's going to be plenty of them to go around, brother. But that's my first two locks. Continuing on, I've got some deep, deep locks for you. I'm going. Listen, this is going to be the greatest lock of the week in the history. Let's hear it. 
I've got Arizona in men's basketball as a 19.5-point spread over Omaha. Now, the thing that I'm worried about, I'm, I'm going to give you some factual information. This is a little bit of a trap game because they're coming off of a loss to Baylor. And the game after the game against Omaha is against – it's at home, but it's against Gonzaga. So you know how that one middle game against a subpar opponent in Omaha, even though it's at home – I'm concerned. 19.5 points is a good amount of points. Arizona covers that 19.5 points. Look at BJ going the beef route here, man. Taking the big spread. Thank you. I'm respecting it. Now, I'm going back to a small spread on this one, though, because I'm also very intrigued by this matchup. But the Cal versus Fresno State matchup tonight. Now, I know what you're thinking. Why would you be interested by that? Well, here's why. Cal is actually a two-point dog to Fresno State, and that surprised me. Why? Because Fresno State is 2-6. and six. <laughs> and, But Fresno State is 0-4 oh on the road, whereas Cal is 5-4, and four, but they are 5-0 and oh at home. Now, if you look at their past records, Fresno State has actually lost in very close fashion to a lot of good teams. Utah State, a team that's pretty good this year, potentially a top 25 team. They lost to them in double overtime. They lost to UNLV in double overtime. Um, they also lost to St. Mary's by 10. So St. Mary's is another team that I think is underrated this year and pretty good. And then they lost their other game by one point to CSU Northridge. So not a great team, but a one-point loss, right? Now, Cal has lost their team to some – or lost those games to some good teams as well, Texas and Duke. But they also lost to the two teams who are tied for the first place in the WCC Conference, Santa Clara and San Francisco. More of the story, take the 5-0 and team against the 0-4 road team in this case, Cal getting two points and winning that game on the road. So, a lot of good stuff for you. One <laughs> final lock for you. Okay. Jeez. By the way, in that Cal State, Matt Bradley will also have over 20 points. Additional bonus lock for you. I told you, it's going to be the greatest lock of the week in history when I hit this. Because you're going to be like, how did you get 1,200 locks in one week? It's a miracle. You're going to think I had a time machine. I've talked about Time Machine on here so much. I might have to make you my beef for going so long-winded with your locks of the week now. Thank you. I told you I did a lot of research on this because, I, you know, I'm trying to win the Mucho Dinero. Uh, looks as if we've got a game this evening where the Pelicans are playing at Milwaukee. And I don't know if you saw this today, but Giannis Antetokounmpo is not playing this evening. So the Bucks are on a 15-game win streak. Tonight will be their only fourth loss of the year because even though the pelicans are getting 10 points they're still winning this game tonight all right i don't know if you saw this but Giannis leads the team in 31 points per game and the bucks average 120 points per game so think about it, that's over 25 percent of their scoring right there he's also leads the team in rebounds per game 13 rebounds per game he's second on the team in steals per game and second on the team in blocks per game you don't lose a player like that and expect to win. Oh, by the way, not to mention their next top scorer is a guy by the name of Chris Middleton, not known as an elite scorer, Bledsoe, and then Brooke Lopez. Those are the only three players who average double digits on that team. So mark it down, locks of the week, game to stay away from. I'm even giving you a game that you want to stay away from, Michigan. Michigan is actually a one-point favorite at Illinois, don't do it. 
Looks looks intriguing. You think you like it? Guess what? Penn State two point favorite last night over Maryland. You want Maryland? No, don't take that game. By the way, watching this game, I just now found out that Montres Harrell is averaging nineteen points a game. Yeah, he's killing it. On a team that has a lot of great scorers as well, too. I saw he had that dominating game the other day. Yeah, but I had I didn't know he was averaging nineteen points a game. He's a nice little fantasy piece, and a. Great player as well, too. Yes. Not to mention. So, guess that moves us to our power moves now, right? Yeah, because my six locks of the week are going to hit. <laughs> and you're jealous, bro. Yeah, super jealous. Super jelly. How many power moves you got? 700. How many do you really got? 700. I got 700, bro. You don't have... How many do you really have? I have two. Approximately three. All right. So we I'm, already mentioned one, though, so we'll kick. Let me start first with mine. Right. Remember, we already mentioned the Jarzinho Rosenstrike KO over Alistair Overeem. Overeem. So Overeem's winning that entire fight. Four seconds left to go in the fight, and he sends Overeem's top lip into the front row. Ugh. Brutal. If you haven't seen that KO, maybe don't watch it. If you want to see it, then watch it. Watch it, but don't say that we didn't warn you that it's probably one of the most disgusting things you'll ever see. The funniest thing about it was, so I saw it live, and then I also saw the Facebook post right away. And I'm looking at it going, I probably shouldn't post this, probably shouldn't post this. But like, I have it clicked to share, and then all of a sudden, four hours later, or the next morning, or whenever it was... I see it on your page, and yeah. I go, thank you. At least he shared it so I didn't have to. Because it's brutal, man. It's, yes. I mean, his lip is not supposed to look like that. No. So, uh, speaking of Texas Tech last night, yeah, the brother of a former Texas Tech player, Jarrett Culver. Uh, his older brother. I did not realize that was his older brother. Yeah. J.J. Uh, Culver. Drops 100 points in a game last night. Pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I, I look. I didn't look too much into it because I was basketballed out after watching my team lose. I was a little upset. I think it was because you knew I was going to bring the factual evidence again, right? No, I was here. Let's hear what you got. Long-winded McGee coming in for the win. I don't know if you saw the stats, but he had sixty-two shots on the game. Hey, if everyone's going to give Kobe credit for scoring sixty, taking. 50 shots in his last game, then I'm giving this guy all the credit in the world. Well, surprisingly enough, it was good efficiency because he shot over 55% from the floor, or actually just under 55%, but he shot 37% from the three. So I think if he would have made a couple more threes, that would have been better. Obviously, 37% isn't terrible, but he also shot 27 free throws. So think about it. If he was on the stat book for 62 shots, but he also shot 27 free throws, that's a lot of shot attempts, even though they didn't count as shot attempts. But the thing that I was disappointed in seeing, you know how many shots the rest of his team had? It wasn't very many. Do you want to guess? I mean, just throw a number out there. Twelve. Very close. Fifteen shots on the game. <laughs> well, I mean, it's one of those things, man, where you see your teammates got the hot hand, you got to feed them. Yeah, but I don't, that's why I say with 62 shots, how do you – I mean, he, he's just going to – eventually he's going to hit. He, he was like uh, – J Mac, man, he's hotter than a pistol. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the picture too, but his coach was wearing one of the worst Christmas set sweaters I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> need to check that picture out. It's a green Christmas sweater. They also won one hundred and twenty-four to sixty, so they doubled their opponent. 
Uh, you already mentioned he's the older brother of Jared Culver, but they were actually both named player of the year in their respective leagues last year. So nice. JJ plays in the NAIA league, the Sooner Athletic Conference, and then obviously Jared Culver played in the Big 12. Yes. So shout out to the Culver brothers, but more specifically JJ for scoring 100 in a game. Yes. Pretty, pretty impressive. There was actually one other guy who had done that in NAIA, by the way. That was that guy like Jack something a couple years ago, right? He scored 130. I don't remember his name, but it was another guy who scored at least 100, and it just blew me away because I was like, how do you score 100 in a game? I... Lisa Leslie scored 100 and a half, and the other team didn't come out. That's crazy. So I, I do not blame the other team. You know <laughs> the team refused like, to come out. Yeah, please, just don't come out at that point. So we'll go to my second one, though, if you're okay. I don't know if you saw this. We're actually watching the Clippers versus Toronto game, but – the Clippers played, um, and they were beating the Pacers. And Pat Beverly and Derek Walton Jr. were playing hot potato at the end of the game. Why? Because they didn't want the turnover. <laughs> Shot clock was getting ready to go off. I loved it. It was hilarious because I just think in my head, like, if, if I am a guy, I'm not taking that turnover. Either A, I'm throwing a shot up at the rim and hitting the rim, or B, I'm passing it to somebody else. Well, they one-upped me and said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to play hot potato. So first part of the power move is that they won. Second part of the power move is that actually I think the turnover ended up going to uh, Patrick Beverly. But if I'm Patrick Beverly, I'm going, no, Walton, you're you're taking this. You're the much worse player. So <laughs> shout-out to them as well. All right, so my other power move uh, is actually stems from my uh, beef from last week. Yeah. Did you see the troll job by Lamar this week? Uh, wearing the wearing the white glove and the white sleeve. Classic. So that's my power move. I'm not really that long winded today with with my power moves and beef, but um, I will be actually in my beef, the second part of my beef. I'll be pretty long winded on that one, but good. Just a troll job there by Lamar. Power move. Pretty comical to me. Uh, most of the team did it as well, too. So yeah. I don't know if that was in support or if that was just naturally happened with the white jerseys. Big trust, baby. <laughs> Big trust. Come see him. I'll go to my last one, though. It was actually back-to-back power moves this week for and last week for Josh McCown because I don't know if you saw this, but in the Monday night game, the Eagles were a little thin at the receiver position. So they came into the game with three wide receivers on the roster you had <laughs> Aguilar was out, but you still had Alshon. Catching balls, unlike Aguilar. Oh, my gosh. You had Alshon. You had J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Yeah, thank you for – So you guys are still technically – you all can still make the playoffs. Yeah, they we'll, we'll win the division without any receivers. Yeah, that's – So, yeah. We don't have quite a division like yours that the Jets or the well, Bills. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Bills are much better than the yeah. Jets. <laughs> we beat them this year. I don't know if you remember that. The Eagles beat the Bills. But they lost to the Jets. That's why I said that. Anyways, more more of the story. Uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, you had Greg Ward, and then Alshon Jeffrey. And Alshon Jeffrey went down, as you mentioned, and will be out for the season with an injury. I think it was, what, late first quarter, early second quarter? I'll be 100% honest with you. I watched zero of that Monday night game. Yeah. You, you it was didn't. not really an intriguing matchup for me. Eagles look terrible again and end up magically coming out with a win. Actually, 
the thing that did not surprise me the most about okay we can't watch that bro i'm not watching it it was just on the grudge commercials scared me i'm getting pp in my pants (laughs) but eli was looking good again in the first half and it did not surprise me because he had a chip on his shoulder but the other thing i wanted to mention was the eagles were without running back uh howard jordan howard they also had Miles Sanders, who had the injured shoulder. So Boston Scott stepped up, so you got to give him part of the shout-out. But Josh McCown was getting ready to come in as a wide receiver. Like, they, they had a special wide receiver helmet for him and everything. So last week he's coaching high school football and being the backup quarterback. And this week he's going to run wide receiver routes. Come on, got to give the guy a little bit of love for that as well too. And I don't know if you know this, but in Detroit – he actually had previously played wide receiver in a game in which he caught two passes and should have caught three passes, but there was a pass interference call. Did not know that. Did you say Greg Ward? Yes. Greg Ward was a quarterback for Houston. Yeah. The year Lamar won the Heisman and they beat us. He's not a very good wide receiver. He was the – yeah, because he played quarterback his entire career. Makes sense. But needless to J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is a good receiver but not a great receiver. They cut – you know, my old buddy, Matt Collins, former Tar Heel. Jordan Matthews cut. I, I'm sure they probably picked somebody up this week. They didn't have Jordan Matthews on their team very long. No, for good reason. He's didn't look very good. <laughs> so how many beefs do you got? Twelve. So you had three. So how many, how many beefs do you have? I seriously have twelve. No, you don't. Okay, I've got one, two, twelve. Because I got two of them, and I want to end with my second one. Okay, please do. So you want me to start with one first then, right? I mean, I don't know how many you have, so yeah. Twelve, I already told you. My first beef is with the North Carolina Tar Heels because they failed to score 50 points in back-to-back games for the first time in the Roy Williams era. Did you know that? I did not know that. So I'm not going to say anything more about that. That's all, your, that's all your beef, huh? That, that's my first beef. All right, so my first beef is with Le'Veon Bell. I don't know if you saw what Le'Veon Bell did Sunday. I, that is one of my beefs as well. Is it? So yeah. then we can talk about this together then. So Le'Veon Bell has been sitting out practice all week with flu-like symptoms. Right. Or with the flu. Right. And sits out the game Sunday. But, but Saturday evening? No, it's Sunday evening. No, Saturday evening as well. I think it was actually Saturday evening. It was Sunday evening after their game was over. Are you sure? I thought it was Saturday. Yeah, they saw him Sunday evening after their game. That's why it was such a big deal. I thought it was Saturday he evening missed, the he night He missed before. their game. Right. And then was out bowling with his family. And then not only did he do that, but then he has the audacity to say, but bro, I bowled a 251. That's career a, high. That's a career high. Dude, you sit out a game. Like, you sit out a job. That's your job. First off, you get paid to do that. A lot of money. And, yeah, a whole lot of money. And to be honest with you, I felt like Le'Veon had kind of lost that head case stuff that we had kind of felt like we were seeing in Pittsburgh. Like, I felt like he was getting better with it. No, because everything I'd heard this year was about him and Adam Gase's problems. And he was feeling like he was underutilized. And so, to me, it was a storm of brewing the whole time. Like, I never felt like he was out of the doghouse. Uh, but he's bowling when he says that he is sick. Two fifty one is pretty impressive. Though. Yeah, I'm not bashing on the that that's not a good thing. But that's a lot. Come of on now, really? Yeah, yeah. You can't 
can't have that type of stuff happen. That's hilarious, though, that you had that as a beef as well, too. So, so I'm sure you have more stuff on it. No, that was it. I thought I'm I'm glad that you informed me. I thought it was Saturday night. I honestly thought I'm, I'm almost 100 percent positive that it was one o'clock that evening after their game that day. I'm still not sure which one's better though, because if you do it the Saturday night before and then you sit out your game on Sunday because you have the flu, yeah. or if you sit out Sunday and then you like both of them are atrocious. But yeah. which, which one is worse? I'm not sure. I, I don't think I'd take either. Of them. Yeah. So I've got two other beefs, so let, let me get them out of the way quick before you get what you to your got. last one. But there's a chance your last one might be similar to my first one, but you might be on the opposite side, so it'll be fun. Now, I also have a beef that, I don't know if you saw this, but the Rockets protest. Did you see the information I about did. that? So it was a very interesting thing because they were actually right and wrong on the same. But the Rockets protested the James Harden dunk. Um, now the problem is they were wanting to replay that game essentially or get that loss taken off their record. The problem to me, and, and this is what Adam Silver stated, was that that play happened almost eight minutes to go in the game. So still eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. At that point, the Rockets had a 102 to 89 point lead, and they ended up losing in double overtime, 135-133. So that one dunk did not change the outcome of the game. Now, the problem was the refs did have a misapplication of the rules because they denied the challenge for review. So technically they were wrong and the NBA admitted they were wrong. But really, you can't say that you lost that game where you were up 102 to 89 whenever that happened. I mean, yes and no, because you got to think that's two points the game wouldn't have gone to overtime. Well, but you're you're putting a direct line there because that would have made it 104 to 89. There's still a chance that it would have gone to overtime. Now I know why you're saying two points changes that. That doesn't. I I get that. But with eight minutes to go, roughly in the game, how can you suspend the officials that officiated that game and then deny the the challenge? That's what I or the protest. Like I, that's what I don't understand. You you. You you already say that the officials were wrong, right? But then you don't uphold the protest because there's two things. What what do you do? Do you take that loss off their record and take the win off of the uh, Spurs record? Play the last you play the last couple minutes, eight minutes. Yeah, no, you can't do that. But you put it the scoreboard at one hundred four eighty nine, and you say, "Hey, play these eight minutes out." To yeah. me, that's it's a lose lose situation. The reality is, those refs messed up. They there are repercussions for messing up. I, I think they still should be refs. Uh, you know, the challenge rule is brand new this year, and it's not something that they're. Used What's going to gonna suck though is when Houston loses the number one seed by one game. That would. Because if that happens, you realize like how bad it's going to be. But I don't think they'll actually be a number. One. I mean, the Lakers obviously only hey, have three bro, losses. Look at that. Yeah, it's Jacob Hurdle. Is that Big Sean? Yeah, I think it is Big Sean with Drake, right? No, it's some guy who always sits with him at Raptors games, but I don't know who it is. I'm sure if you look it up, it'll say who it is. But he's he's always in the seat right next to him. So I don't know if it's his entourage or if it's the guy who actually holds those season tickets. But whoever he is, know. he's somebody. So what's your other beef? So my other beef is with a little-known team. And I'm hoping this is actually your beef as well, too, because that's going to be classic. But I don't know if you recall this, but my first pick on my lock of the week, Mm -hmm. the New England Patriots, (laughs) who are nine-and-a-half-point favorites over the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, okay, they're playing the Bengals. You just took them. No, the reason why I took 
the New England Patriots over the Cincinnati Bengals in that game with the spread is because the Patriots were caught cheating once again, allegedly, right? Allegedly. So the video crew was caught taping the Bengals sideline. Now, I know what you're thinking. Really, guys? You're going to have to videotape the 1-11 and 11 Bengals? That's how they roll, bro. You know what I'm saying? Your team just, you know what I mean? They, another another person that fails to read the facts. This is what they do. No, I've, I've got the facts for you. Let me, let me tell you the facts, brother. So I don't know if you know your cheating history as a fan of your team, but let me just go over a couple of events that have taken place. Uh, wait, allegedly. Allegedly, thank you. Allegedly. I already said that, didn't I? I'm just making sure that it's stated there again. Well, I'm only allowed to say that three times per episode. I'm saying it. Thank you. It's alleged. So you can say it again because that's your second time. But there's been six PED use violations since 2007. One was your boy Julian Edelman. Hey, Julian, would you share? You know what I'm saying? Your boy needs a little bit of that. So if you could, send it over my way. I don't know if you've ever heard of this thing called Spygate where they were previously caught videotaping sidelines. Sounds familiar. You've also got IR gate where they had an illegal use of the IR in 86 and 2013. Now, I know your boy wasn't there. I wasn't even born in 86, bro. I get that, but I'm just saying. Neither were you. Oh, I was. You were not born in 86. Bro, I've got a time machine. I already told you that. That's how I got those 12 picks on my lock of the week. I look like I'm 32. I'm really 927. With that being said, you might have heard of Snowplowgate. Uh, sure, guys, let's just go. It's a 0-0 game, and let's take the snowplow out, and let's clear a spot for the kicker. You know what I'm saying? That's, that sounds like it's legal to me. Um, what about Leapergate? The game ended. Have you, have you heard this one in 61? I don't know if you've ever heard this one. I can't wait to hear it, man. That's all we do is cheat. So. <laughs> Please tell me this was your beef. It's not. Oh, that stinks. It's not. No, but... Let me continue on then. So I'm just going to get this all off my chest. 61, Leapergate. The game ended, or they thought the game ended, and your fans ran onto the field, right? But the ref said there was more time actually in the game. So I'm sure they, this wasn't the Olympics with Russia? I think so. And so the last play, you all, your fans are lined up around the end zone. Like somehow they allowed that to happen. Instead of putting them back in their seats, we're just going to let you line up in the end zone. And one of the fans legitimately came onto the field and interfered with the pass, knocked the pass down, ran back into the crowd, and the play was not, you know, obviously they didn't have a review back then. So Sounds like a power move to me. Yeah, very very impressive. I think it was you. I think it was your time machine that you went back and did. What about the walkthrough gate? 2002 Patriots allegedly, I'll use it again here, filmed the Rams Super Bowl walkthrough. Uh, deflate gate we all know what happened there afc championship game formation gate harbaugh accused them of using ineligible receivers and then the classic one headset get or headset gate what i don't know how i just worded that headset get yeah i'm mixing gate and set it's amazing man uh- how many gates can you have? I don't. That's a lot of gates right there. But the most notorious headset, headset gate, man, I'm having a tough time with that, was when Mike Tomlin accused the Patriots of tampering with the headset in 2015. So shout out, actually. I think that should be a power move. But we got we got to make it a beef for all the fellow NFL fans out there. You're 
New England Patriots allegedly caught cheating again. Yeah. All right. So and Bobby Kraft in Florida. I forgot to put that cheating on there. Yeah, Stripper Gate. <laughs> no, that was Masaji Gate. Masseuse Gate. Yes. I like Masaji better, but I mean, to each your own. All right. So, um, you knew that was the good. Staples Center the other day. We were speaking on Staples Center. Right. Uh, there was a game there the other day between the Timberwolves and the Lakers. Yeah. Classic. And you know that there's always celebrities that sent courtside of Thank these games. And, uh, I'm so glad this is you and not me. Well, you're going you're gonna to enjoy this. So sit back and enjoy the ride. I'm strapped in. I got my seatbelt yeah. on. So I wake up. That game was what, Sunday? I honestly don't recall, but it was Sunday or Monday. Okay. Well, I wake up Sunday, or or I wake up the next day, and usually I I spend a little bit of time waking up and stuff, and I'll scroll through social media just to see you know what's going on. Right. And uh, I'm seeing this name everywhere, and I'm like, what is the deal? Right. Why does everyone keep mentioning her name? And then I see it. <laughs> you I can't am, unsee it. Here's the thing. All right. I'm a fat dude. <laughs> not going to argue with that at all. Well, you've not got the mic resting on your stomach Not right yet. Now. <laughs> not for fat shaming, and that's not what I'm doing in this. No. But there is no way in your right mind, Lizzo, should you ever think of wearing a shirt with a butt-sized hole in it while you're wearing a thong and think that that's okay. And the my bigger beef, the people that say... Don't shame her just because she's showing her body. You are an idiot. There's a difference between women that are breastfeeding, because they're at least feeding their kid. Don't compare what this turd did at this game, showing her behind. Yeah. That is an absolute joke. I'm not... It wouldn't matter if it was me, you, a super... No one should wear that in public. And it's not just because she looks the way that she does. Okay? It it wouldn't matter if it was the hottest supermodel in the world. Mm. I would like to look at that, but I still would think that that person should not be wearing that in public. That's the thing that I worry about. I I had this thought in my head. I thought, you know what? I'm going to use a specific example. Like, what would happen if J-Lo was courtside there wearing that? Would I maybe take a second peek? So that's why I actually didn't want to make it a, a beef because once I thought, what if J-Lo wore it? Don't I, wear it in public. I didn't have It's an inappropriate. It, and, it was a terrible it's, choice. It's inappropriate. And yeah. like the fact that she thinks it's funny is ridiculous. And there's people that are like, don't get on my girl Lizzo. She can't do no wrong. She just did wrong. You're an idiot. Shut the heck up. Why did she choose to cut a circular hole in her tuchus area? No idea, but it made me so mad when I saw it. I was like... What are you doing? Also, if you're going to flaunt it, don't you think she should have a tuchus tat? Well, bro. Yeah. If you're going to flaunt it, make sure it doesn't look like Rikishi. I'm going to be honest. I didn't look to see if she did have a tuchus tat, but I... as It sounded like you did, man, because you noticed that she did not have one. No, so let, let me tell you what happened with me. So, first of all, I was watching the game, and obviously they weren't showing that on TV. You know what I'm saying? So, I didn't see... I actually, I don't remember if I was. I think I saw parts of it. It might have just been on. <laughs> There's no way you only saw parts of that. There's <laughs> not, no way. Not, that's not why I was mentioning the game. I think that they had it on game tape, 
game time oh, okay. live live look. It's whatever it was. So all of a sudden I'm on my shoe group. I'm trying to find these Kobe four through the eights, and I've got some Kobe Pro Tro fives coming out after Christmas. I'm trying to figure out how I can get right. More more of the story. One of the guys in the shoe group who I know is putting all these pictures of hey Lizzo's at the game, but it's not showing what why she's there or anything it's just like i'm just like why are you telling everybody lizzo is there and then all of a sudden like you mentioned the next day it all pieces together and i see all of it and i hear all of it and i think oh my gosh you gotta be kidding me so now more of the story i found out why he put that all on there and to me it was very comical that he was way ahead of everything that was going on but he didn't tell anybody what it was <laughs> he just posted <laughs> pictures of the front of her and we had no clue what was going on yeah like oh cool lizzo's at the lakers game i'm glad you tell me i'll be honest i actually hadn't ever heard of her before i think my niece and nephew were watching like maybe mtv music awards or something what or vma music or yeah Something would she do? VMAs or something like that. VMAs, yeah. I hadn't heard of her until Fourth of July, because DJ kept talking about this song that he loved. Oh no! And I was like, I I don't know who that is. I was like, DJ, I don't listen to the radio. I'm being hundred percent honest with you. I listen to sports talk radio, and then I listen to artists that I like on Apple Music. Watch so, the throne. So we, they rented out a karaoke machine where they were just playing music really loud. DJ sing Lizzo, so, please. Uh, please tell me that. I'm happened. sitting in the pool and all of a sudden I hear the music change and it's DJ just playing certain songs that, that he likes. I can't wait for him to kill me for telling everybody this story, but oh, this, is this is a good story. So he plays Boys to Men, uh, the song with uh, Mariah Carey. Uh, and he sings both. Ver- he sings both uh, verses, even yeah. the Mariah Carey one. Yeah, in the high pitched voice. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, right after that, he plays Lizzo, and sings it verbatim. Yeah, with the mic. And uh, that was the first time I heard Lizzo. Yeah, and I'm sure you wish it was the last because DJ's version might have been better than the real <laughs> version. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Why? Teach her own. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it, man. Yeah. Good episode. I had a lot of fun with you. Um, sorry to end it on a sour note, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Really, yeah. Really, <laughs> Sore really spot. stinky ending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, I guess you could call this the butt end of the episode. Yeah, it was a butt end of that joke. Yeah. But guys, keep liking, keep sharing. We're going to put up that bowl group. We'll get. We'll try to get it tonight or tomorrow. One of those two. Because um, I don't even remember when the ball games start. To be honest with you, I know it's one of those things that always sneaks up on me. Like all of a sudden, I'll be ready to do it on a Thursday, and then all of a sudden, the game is starting. Yeah. So keep liking, keep sharing, keep listening. We got a couple good um, episodes coming up soon. We'll have to lock those in so we know exactly when they're going to happen. Lock them. Yeah. Um, Almost as good as my lock of the week. Locks of the week. Right. Uh, but guys, keep liking, keep sharing, and most importantly, beef out. T-Soul.